0: Good morning, CNC. You can sit down. How is everybody doing today? What a great opportunity of worship this morning and just being able to be in the house of God. It feels so good to be here. I was just feeling light on the way and My brother Chris posted something early this morning, not too long before worship started. He just was like, man, I woke up feeling grateful today. And I was like, man, I feel the same way, bro. I wrote him back. I'm like, I feel the same way. Isn't it amazing when you start your day or you start your, your, your morning with an attitude of gratefulness where God can lead? And, 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 you know, the converse is true. What can happen when you're kind of down in the dumps, you're thinking about all the negative things that are going on in life, and it's like, why is my day going so bad? Well, where's your mind at? Where's your thoughts at? You know, I thought it would be a good opportunity right now, if you're still in that place. I don't know if there's many people in here that are, because worship was incredible, so it probably got it out of you. But, man, I'd like for you guys to find somebody that's next to you, nearby. And tell them just just one thing that you're grateful for this morning. Verbalize it. Say it out loud. Go ahead, let's do it right now. Find somebody, tell them what you're grateful for here this morning. Come on. The testimony of your brother, of your sister, it builds faith. It builds faith. Somebody, suddenly somebody's telling me, man, I, this is what took place in my life. My finances were busted. This was going on. And suddenly like, God provided. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. You know what? I know that if God can do that for you, he can do it for me. And now my faith is built. That's what a community of faith is all about. That's why we, we, we celebrate God and we celebrate one another here at Church on the North Coast, and so celebrating 50 years of ministry in the region is just an incredible, incredible thing, and I'm so blessed to be a part of it. I, too, have not been here for all of it, just to note that, Uh, 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 but uh, but Jeremiah is such an inspiration to me. That is my nephew, if you guys didn't know, Jeremiah Burris, Rebecca, and Troy's son, and man, he is just such an inspiration. He came over on the uh, front row just a minute ago and grabbed the microphone. I told him, I said, Jeremiah, I I, I just got to verbalize it and tell you, there is just nobody else here today that I would rather see, take that microphone, stand up on that stage and lead the people of God and, and just see your anointing flourish. It inspires me. I mean, it, it, it builds me up. It strengthens me. It speaks volumes about the legacy that you all that you all have helped create in this region in northeast Ohio. I mean the, the the guys and gals sitting here on the front row, the families, the children in those rooms just to my left over there in kids church and the nursery, the lives that have been impacted as I'm online. I don't know if you all know this, I'm on my phone talking to people. You know we, we live stream this service so I like to get on there and interact with everybody before I get up on stage and just pray and talk and inspire and I'm seeing all these people jump on, these names that I've seen over the years and one jumped on Alex this morning. He's down in Haiti. Hey, Alex. And he's watching. And I'm like, man, that's incredible. Did you, did you know that you all started an orphanage in Haiti about 23, four years ago? Did you know that? Alex, now a young man in his early 20s, worshiping Jesus, loving the Lord, educated, making impact in his country. We're a place where the desperation is so real. The desperate need of Jesus is so real. Church of the North Coast, you made that possible. You made that possible. 23 years ago, you and a group of others walked or flew to Haiti, walked along a beachfront, picked out some property, and said, this ground right here is going to be dedicated to the Lord. We're going to change lives forever. We're going to ensure that the impact of Jesus Christ is felt in this country, and we're committed to it. You, you, You did that. You did that. The countless numbers of people, we talk about it all the time. You know, I still refer to the Home Depot and Walmart that's over there now as the 65 Acres. The tens of thousands of people that were impacted on that property through a ministry called Trip to Hell, we we scared the devil right out of people. And and, and they walked through that question mark door. And I'm looking at faces now, the courties and just, you know, so many people. They walked through that question mark door not knowing what was going to take place, but they went through all those scenes and they thought they were coming for a haunted house. And they got to the end and they thought, well, they got a little speech, and we told them, like, this is, this is the reality of, of what you're faced with. And over, ten, I'm telling you, tens of thousands of people walked through that question mark door, never would have known, never would have known what would what, what go forward in their life and meet, whether or not they meet Jesus if it wasn't for your faithfulness, for your willingness to sit out in the cold for hours and hours and hours, for over a month, just to wait for that one person to walk through that door, so that you could share the loving power of Jesus with them and forever, forever, for eternity's sake, change their life. It's absolutely incredible to be able to be a part of this ministry, and we are so blessed. Are we not? Come on. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of it, for me to be a part of it. you know, on that note, I, I don't know of a better way to, to, to convey to you the significance of your giving and your faithfulness. That is what it goes towards. That is what it does. It establishes the undeniable testimony of Jesus Christ in Northeast Ohio and around the world. That's what you give towards every single Sunday. And we certainly could not do ministry without it. So this morning, as you give, as you consider giving, if you're visiting, please don't feel any type of obligation to give this morning. But indeed, if you've partnered with this house... If you call Church on the North Coast home, support it. Because there is, there is a need greater now than ever for, for, for all of us, for this planet, to hear the saving grace of Jesus, to hear the message of the Lord. And that's, that's what it does. So this morning, I bless you. I thank you. And uh, let's pray. There's ways to give there on the screen. You can see that. There's checks and cash apps and all kind of different options. But Lord Jesus, we bless you this morning. We declare that you are king. We lift your name on high, Lord God, and we trust you. We trust you with our finances, with our health, Lord God, with our families, that you are our provider, God, in every single area. Bless the giver this morning in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, how's everybody enjoying the fall weather so far? You loving it? I heard something about the, uh, you know, we all know in Northeast Ohio, there's a... the I don't even want to use the word, but like kind of the winter depression. You know, you kind of get down in the dumps a little bit. It's gray and dark. Uh, but uh, then there's like now preemptive, because you know what's looming, you know what's coming. And I'm like, you know what? It's true. It's kind of true. There's like this preemptive. I know what's coming because all this cool stuff is happening now. You got football season going on, and you know there's holidays happening, and Christmas is coming. And then you hit that part of the year when it's like, why? Why is it cold and dark? For so long. It's February. There's no parties going on. There's nothing happening. But man, life is great right now. We're really enjoying it. Our family is so blessed. We've just enjoyed this past couple of weeks together. My wife and my kids are at the Avon Lake location this morning. They're celebrating Jesus with our Avon Lake family out there. You know, we have four campuses. There's Avon Lake. There's Cleveland. We've we rebranded that Cleveland out in uh, the Valley View City, but it's Cleveland location. And then we're out in our Wycliffe campus. You guys have a huge family if you didn't know it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to be a part of. Um, well, let's dive into the Word here. You guys ready? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. How many of you guys have had a worst day ever before? How many of you had a couple of those worst days ever? You know, I keep—I seem like I keep tallying them to this. I'm like, this is the worst day ever. Like, worse than the one before? Yes, I've had a number of them. And it seems like they just kind of keep on coming. And it's like, Lord, what do I do with these worst days ever. I'm not quite sure oftentimes. And so I thought this morning we could break down a story. There's a, uh, a story in the book of Solomon of King David and his men. And they're out fighting. They're out doing, doing the Lord's work. They're battling for the kingdom of the Lord. And, and uh, they come back into Ziglag is where they're based. Imagine you know, if you're uh, uh, out at war and your family is in this one particular area. They're all safe there, you think. And suddenly they show up back in Ziglag. And they're not safe. <laughs> their families are gone. Their children are gone. They've all been kidnapped. Everything is burned. Everything is destroyed. And as you can imagine, panic ensues. What was supposed to be the location where they could, they could ensure their family's safety is now decimated. They're not quite sure what to do. These mighty men of God thinking that they're following the one, you know, David, the king that would, that would, that would, that would deliver their people. And, and, and they get back to the location where everything's supposed to be preserved and safe, and, and, it's, and it's, it's gone it's gone. I can't imagine. I'm a kind of a history buff. I love watching different history movies, and I, I can't imagine having war on your own soil. I mean, what would you possibly do? I mean, everybody thinks to themselves, well, if I'm, a, you know, you're a guy, I'm thinking, I'll, I'll step up. I'll do what I got to do. Where would your family go? How, how would you protect them? What would happen if you had to leave them behind? Is there, are there people protecting them there? And this was the scenario that these men, these 600 men showed up to. They showed up to a decimated, abandoned city where all of their family, their grandchildren, their mothers, their fathers, the aunties, the uncles, their wives, gone. That's a disturbingly horrible situation. I would suggest that for them, that was probably the worst day ever. How do you get through the worst day ever? Let's explore it here. 1 Samuel 3-4 uh, says, When David and his men, here's the verse, uh, re- reached Ziglag, they found it was destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men went ar- went a- wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. When you're having your, fir- your, your worst day ever, the first thing you do is weep. I'm a I'm just a crier by nature. I mean at this point it's kind of like a running joke, but I I don't I'm a crier by nature. It is what it is. I I have a sensitive heart. So I like that Jesus says the first thing you do is weep. It's my favorite verse. And if you struggle with, if you if you struggle with memorization, there you go. Jesus wept. Now you know one. But even Jesus wept. He's driven to compassion. With a human understanding of pain and suffering, the first thing all these mighty men did was weep. says they wept until they couldn't weep anymore. And I don't know about you, but if you've seen different cultures weep, I would imagine that that type of weeping is quite extreme. The ripping of clothing, right? The gnashing of teeth, the sorrow, the screams that would be sent up to heaven just witnessing now your city burnt down, your children, your families missing, not knowing of their fate. And here are 600 men along with David screaming and crying out to God, weeping for what they've just lost. The first thing you do, human being, Jesus made man and woman, is you weep. You mourn because pain is real. It is an expression of sorrow, a sound of pain ringing through the atmosphere, signaling to God, I need your comfort, Father. But not just to Him, but to those around you, family and friends. I need your comfort, church. I need you. The worst day I could have ever imagined has just taken place, and I can't do it alone. There's no way I'm going to make it through this time unless I have someone, somebody to lean on. I just talked about it. how big our family is. Our CNC family is great. Did you know that there's a pastoral care care team at each of our campuses that communicate daily? Did you know that there's there's ministers and, and elders here that pray over you, that answer the call instantly? My phone goes off at all hours of the day. When the worst day ever comes, did you know that your, your, your cries are heard? Many of you do because you've gotten those phone calls. You've received those visitations. You've prayed with those folks. It's imperative that we're connected with one another. That when we're weeping, we're weeping together. When we're laughing, the Bible says, laugh with me. But when I'm crying and my worst day ever is here, I need you to cry with me. I need you to, to mourn with me. Psalm 35, verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. There's a good part. There's a good part right there. We're just going to skip right to it. I just said it, but Romans 12, 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who who, who weep. Across all four of our campuses, there are people who are weeping with you that are laughing with you, that are supporting you, that are there with you. And in Hebrews 5, 7, it says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence of God. I love all of the stories of Jesus, but I particularly embrace the understanding that he had for my pain, the understanding that he had for the issues that we go through, his capacity to feel and understand as the son of God, the worst day ever. As Jesus wept for his good friend Lazarus, Jesus cried out on the worst day of his life, Father, save me from this. Take it away from me if you can, I don't want it. He understands your pain this morning. He hears your cries. In fact, he's telling you, cry out to me. Don't hold back. Don't hold it down. Nobody needs your bravery. Guys, we don't need your toughness. He wants to be able to connect with you. I want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to connect with you. There's a family here that understands that when the worst day ever comes, that joy is coming in the morning. But today, I'm ready to cry with you. The second thing you got to do, this is a big deal. Don't get bitter. Oh, Pain hurts. And right away, what do we got to do, right? We, we, we're screaming and we're crying and suddenly the emotions settle down a little bit. And then what do we want to do? We want to find a reason why I'm in pain. Who, what, where did this to me? As all those men walked back into Ziglag, they wept until they couldn't weep anymore, I'm sure for hours and hours and hours, but then suddenly, who did this? Why are we in the position that we're in? And there was a convenient person to point at the moment. There's David right over there. We're following you, man. What? You, you, our families are gone because we said we would follow you because you told us this is what we're supposed to do. You, you told us that if we left them here, they'd be safe. You know, leadership's funny that way. You always got like a 50-50 split. You know, some people are happy with what you make decisions on. Some people don't like what you make decisions on. It's just the way it's going to go. It's just the reality of leadership. I can't imagine how David fought, felt. Crushed by the idea that his friends... His men would lose their families. But then for them to turn and say, this is your fault. You're the one that did this to me. Now bitter. Now broken and bitter. Church, you can't get bitter. Oftentimes hard questions are asked, especially to, you know, pastors or Christians. I'm sure you've, you've had these, these, these conversations and people will say, well, why? why this? Why this happened to me? Or, or how did I survive this, but they didn't? Why is this going on? And it's like, I, I'm not quite sure I know how to answer those questions. I, I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't, I don't know why your, your mother passed away and, and mine didn't. I don't know why your finances are in the situation that they are and, and mine are this way. Or I don't know why this took place. And, and I'm not quite sure why that's taking place. I, I, I don't know. It's a horrible, horrible situation. My empathy is with you. My heart is crushed for you. I weep with you. But I I don't necessarily have those answers. But church, I I do have some answers. What I don't know is why sometimes those types of things happen. What I do know is that God will walk you through it. What what I do know is that God will restore you. What I do know is that God is going to heal you. And I do know the God that orders your steps according to his riches and glory exists in your life in every single area. Where my answers, where your answers fall short, the word of God has them. When, when we're going through the worst day of our life, when bitterness begins to settle in, you, you've, you've got to get a word from God. You, you've got to dig into the Word of God because there's not answers that I can give you that are gonna that are gonna that are gonna subside the pain of the loss that you're feeling on the worst day of your life. The best thing that you can do, the best thing that I can do, is tell you, you've got to get a word from God. You've got to open your Bible. You've got to find communication with the Heavenly Father that will supernaturally provide you with the strength. The understanding and the direction that only the father can. Number three, you've got to encourage yourself. Man, get focused on a big God. That's what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. He got around good people. He found the priest and said, listen, we've we got to work this out. Like, this is a situation I need direction on. I need a word from God right now. That's why it's so vital to be a part of a church family. Today's the one Sunday. We're spending time together, and we invited you to come be a part of our family on a Sunday morning because we know, just like you, that the worst day of your life is on its way at some point. And there's a community of faith that when together, and you're around the kind of people that will tell you, listen, I don't know why, but I know who. I'm not sure, but let's get a word from God. I'll weep with you. I'll cry with you. I'll laugh with you. I'll be by your side. I will ensure that you're not alone. So encourage each other day after day as long as it's, as long as it's still called today, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's in Hebrews 3.13 encourage each other day after day i love my courageous men my fearless women it's amazing to see how lives are impacted and changed and the testimonies that come on come out of being together by supporting one another by having relationships that ensure for me that when my worst day comes i have a support system in place somebody that i can go to immediately you got to get some hope. You got to get a word from God. There's, you know, the Bible is packed full of hope, full of scriptures of hope. There's one in Psalms 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. I shall not want. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know what a shepherd is? I know it's 2022. Not a lot of farmers left around here. He takes care of his flock. He ensures they have what they need, the food they need, the water they need, the land they need, The homes they need, the car they need to drive, the job they need, the relationships they need. He is your shepherd. There's hope in that. He's the one that leads me beside quiet waters. He's the one who makes me lie down in green pastures. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with me. Even young people grow weary and tired. I'm learning, man. Y'all weren't lying, 40 is something. I was good till about three years ago. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is that hurt? And then now this hurts, and then that gets better, and now this hurts. But even young people get tired and grow weary. But those who hope in the Lord, they will rise up on wings like eagles. Floating above the problems of this world. They will walk and not be weary. You ever see somebody, like, like the bottom line is this, like it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you got in your bank account, what you do. Like there's a difference between somebody who is walking in hope and somebody who is walking in like just, just lost, right? Loneliness, sadness. There's a difference. There's a, there's a, there's a continence about them. There's a, there's a swag about them. Like there's just a shoulders back. Like I got, I, I'm fine. Like what makes you so special? I got hope. I got hope. That's the only thing. I know I got all these problems. I got the worst day ever too, but I'm filled with hope. I went and found a word. It's filled with it. The Bible is filled with it. That's why it's so crucial that you get into your word every single day. I don't care if it's for two minutes. It's one scripture verse. The Bible is full of hope front to back. The last part of that verse says they will run and they will not be faint. I love that verse, and it makes me think of when I was a kid, I'd get new shoes, right? Like, you ever get the shoes? I know everybody did, and and supernaturally, like, they make you faster. I don't know what it is about a fresh pair of shoes. You smell the glue, put them on, and I'm like, that's at least a half second off my 40. At least. Here came the worst night of Jesus' life, about to be sacrificed for your sake and for mine. Here's what John 14 says, trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. The pain and the weeping and the suffering, the opportunity for bitterness existing in his life, and now Jesus realizing, I need, I need a word from God. I, I've got to live in hope. I've got I've to I've declare Jesus over my life. I've got to declare my Father over my life because this indeed is going to be the worst moment I will ever face. And, and here's what he's telling his disciples. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and receive you to be with me where I am. You know the way where I'm going. And then Thomas is like, hold up. No, we don't. <laughs> I'm not, I, love, I love Thomas. So let me just take a break. I love Thomas because Thomas was, Thomas was the bout it disciple. And by bout-it, I mean, he was about it all the time, everywhere. I talked about this months ago. Doub- doubting Thomas is who maybe some of y'all know, but, but who I know is Thomas, Thomas the, my man. He's my right-hand man. Thomas wanted to touch the hands of Jesus because he needed to know that what he was about to do was so legit. He had to make sure that it was Jesus because he's so down to ride that there's nobody else he would possibly give up everything for except for Jesus. And Thomas was like, hold on, I'm going to need the directions. What's the actual address? I'm, I'm not, we're not separating here. You know, what do you mean I know where you're going? I'm not sure. How do we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We grieve just like everybody else. But people who know Jesus grieve with a mixture of hope. We grieve because we know that we can. We know that the, the cries are being heard. We know that there's compassion from a God that loves us, from the Lord that cares about every single one of our needs. But we grieve differently. We, we grieve with the degree of hope knowing where our Father is. I've got the directions in my back pocket at all times. I'm ready to go where he's at. When the worst day of my life comes, I understand I'm going to scream and I'm going to cry. I'm going to be tempted with bitterness, but I'm going to go and I'm going to find hope because I know where Jesus lives. And I don't have to stay in my grieving state. I don't have to stay in my bitterness state. C.S. Lewis said this, you are not really ready to live until you are ready to die. You're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. And I'm not talking about the courage to do dumb things. Lots of people have that. I'm talking about the eternal knowledge of Jesus Christ. The understanding that no matter what you're going through today, no matter what challenge you're faced with, no matter what circumstance may be even coming in your future, that with the knowledge of who your father is, there is nothing, there is nothing too big that he will help you overcome. Now number four is getting good. Begin to look at the future with hope. Y'all know where Jesus lives? Jesus lives in your future. Jesus doesn't live in your past. Oftentimes people are prisoners of the things that they've done. The decisions that they've made. The thoughts that haunt them of a life behind them. Not knowing and understanding the miraculous power of Christ. Frees them from the slavery of sin. The Lord said, Go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So, David and his men, all 600 of them, they rode out. They saddled up. They got the posse together and they understood it's time to get in the back of the truck, boys. The enemy took something from you, the enemy has stolen from you. He's told you this is what you deserve. But God said, posse up, I got your back. We're going to get back everything they stole from you and more. That's the hope that Jesus provides. Number five, we're getting there. You attack evil. You attack evil. You don't sit back and wait. You go attack it. You challenge it. You face the devil toe to toe and you go after what God has promised you. You take back what the devil has stolen you. Here's what 1 Samuel 30, 17 says. David fought them from dust until evening, until the next day. They mourned. They turned bitter. They found hope. They got a word from God. And then they went and attacked the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of sitting back waiting on something to happen in my life, thinking like, if I just, you know, keep my head down, things are all right, people taking from me. It's time to attack the enemy in your life. But you got to get worded up. You got to have a posse with you to jump in the back of that truck. Because when the enemy comes and the worst day of your life is here, and if you're all alone and you don't know the word of God, you're not surrounded by people that will encourage you you're not a part of a community of faith. Where do you go? Who do you turn to? Where's your foundation? The mourning and the crying is done. Now, we fight. Today, we fight. This year, we take back what the devil has stolen. This past week on Wednesday, I shared a word that God gave me in earlier in the week, and I I, I hear it and still feel it so strongly, that 2023 is a year of take back. 2023. But here's the thing, it's going to require from things from you that you've never thought you were capable of. It's going to push you to the limit. It's not going to be for everybody. You're not just going to get back what the devil has stolen because I'm going to go get it for you. I'm not getting it for you. I'm going to get mine. You got to go get yours. That means you got to bend the knee. If you want something you've never gotten before, you got to do something you've never done. I'm preaching to the church, and I know there's visitors, I don't know what your backgrounds are, but I'm I'm preaching to the church that you can't keep coming to church week after week after week and not crack open your Bible Monday through Friday. It's not a rebuke. I mean, Jesus loves you, I'll see you in heaven. That's not the point. But if you want to stop living in prison on this earth, you have got to get to work. If you want to take back what the enemy has stolen from you, you have got to get on the grind. You got to wake up earlier. You got to go to bed later. You got to be the first one in the building. You got to be the last one out. You got to pry your eyes open when you're too tired to read. (laughs) You got to turn off the phone, the TV, when you've watched now six episodes in a row, bro. This is the mirror talking. I, I tell you guys all the time, this is the mirror talking. I want something back that the devil has stolen from me. And I'm telling you now in October because there's a group of us who are ready. I know that resonates with many of you. Because I'm tired of getting pushed around. I'm tired of showing up to zigzag, seeing my stuff burnt down. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to find some hope. I'm going to get around people who are going to encourage me. I'm going to demand from the enemy that he give back what he's stolen from me. But I can't just throw out idle threats. He knows if you're strong or weak. You can say it all day long. You can let Ashley keep on leading you in worship if you want. That's fine. She's great. It's awesome. But, but, but her strength isn't going to win your battle. The person sitting next to you isn't going to get back for you what the devil has stolen. He knows if you're equipped or if you're not. There's a community that needs you ready. And I'm not talking about getting ready on January 1st with a bunch of resolutions. I'm talking about getting ready right now. Getting ready today. Colossians 2.15 says, God took away Satan's power to, acu- to accuse you of sin. And God openly displayed to the whole world Christ triumphant, Christ's triumphant at the cross where your sins were all taken away. The power that you need to overcome the worst day of your life lies at the cross. It's where God put on the display of of his power, the sacrifice of his son to free you from sin, to free you from your past, to free you from your regrets, to free you from every worst day ever you've ever had. Romans eight thirty five through 39 says this. Can anything ever separate us from, the, from Christ's love? Does it mean no longer, he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are we persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. This morning, are you convinced that nothing could ever separate you from God's love? I'm going to ask everybody to stand up on their feet with me this morning. Because that's the question. That's the one that matters most. It's really the only one that matters at all. Is do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt this morning that there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from God's love because if you don't because if you don't when the worst day of your life comes bitterness will settle in if you don't when the worst day of your life comes their hope will be non-existent the worst day of your life comes you'll have no idea what to do you'll think this is just my plight this is what happened to my daddy, is what's gonna to happen to me. This is because of what I did 15 years ago, I deserve this. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are free this morning. You are blood bought this morning. You are destined for greatness this morning. But you have to bend the knee. And it's not to the person sitting next to you, it's not to me. It's not to your family. This is between you and God. I don't have the questions why I can't tell you the formula, it's supernatural, but what I can tell you is that the testimony in my life is real. Every single time I think I got it nailed down, ugh, I'm hit again. Just when I think I got things right, I take another punch to the gut. Now, after a few years on this planet, after a few years of loving Jesus with all my heart, I think I'm starting finally to get it. I'm gonna get knocked down here and there. The enemy's gonna keep on attacking me. The enemy's gonna keep on attacking you. The worst day ever is coming again. But when it does this time, I'm quickly going to get over my weeping. I'm quickly going to refute bitterness that tries to creep into my heart. I'm passionately going to rally myself around people who are ready to jump in the back of the truck with me and go take back what the devil stole. I'm going to open my word and I'm going to find a hope. I'm going to gird my loins with it. Going to embed it in my heart so that I can ensure that the goodness of God in my life is seen by everyone around me. Not just for my sake, but for your sake. Not just for your sake, but for my family's sake. For my children's sake. For my nephew's sake. It's the legacy in which you hold on to, church on the North Coast. You gotta fight for it. You gotta work at it. You gotta bend the knee every single day. We're not getting together on the 20th just to celebrate all the fun we had. We're getting together on the 20th of November to declare that Jesus is still king in these parts. lighthouse is still on in Lorain, Ohio. And that when the storm comes, when the worst day of your life happens, these doors are going to be open. These elders are going to be on this altar. Your family is going to be here for you. morning i want you to repeat something after me and i i want you to mean it and we're not going to do it twice just to make you do it louder so you better do it good the first time so i'm going to need your energy this morning let let me let me flip that you're going to need your energy this morning can we tell can we tell the devil who we are together come on can we put him in his place this morning Here's what we're going to do on the count of three. You're going to repeat after me. And we're going to do it loud. We're going to do it loud. I want them to hear it. I want them to know it. Come on, this morning. One, two, three. You are free. I am forgiven. I am restored. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, clap. There's one more thing we got to do before we go. Altar Minister, I need you to flood these altars. I need you to come up here and flood these altars because there, there are people in this room today that have never met Jesus. There are people in this room today who have walked away have forgotten who they really are they've forsaken their birthright they they have they have become bitter they've become mistaken they're still they're still living in the in the in the prison of their of their of their past and and i don't want anybody to leave here this morning remaining a prisoner of your past you know why because you don't have to you don't have to God is prepared to give you everything back the devil has stolen from you. Are you ready to take it back? Come on. There's real issues in here today. There's relationships that need to be restored. There's families that are broken that God calls whole. There's finances that are just obliterated, that God calls blessed. But you gotta take back, you gotta find hope. You gotta live in the future where Jesus lives. And it requires something of you. It requires a declaration, not just with your with your mind, with your words, with your actions. And it starts today, it starts with an action. It starts by getting up enough guts to step up out of your seat and come to this altar and say, Jesus, from this day forward, you're my king. You're my king. I don't care what's going on around me. I believe, Jesus, I'm going to open my word. I'm going to find hope. I'm going to get around people who love you. I'm going to surround myself with people who support me, who encourage me, who bless me. If that's you this morning how about all of us let's all bow our heads this morning let's all bow our heads this morning if that's you this morning God I I pray that you would just speak to hearts this morning that you would free the lie of the enemy that is existing in this room and online wherever you're at the lie of the enemy that would tell you that you have done too much that you're not forgivable that this is a part of, of what's supposed to happen in your life that you're not blessed because you are You are free. You are blood-bought. The price paid for your life is the ultimate sacrifice. No matter what you're going through this morning, there is hope. There is hope this morning. And it comes to the almighty King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. If you're ready to live with hope this morning... If you're ready to live restored and healed and whole this morning, come on. Raise your hand this morning. Raise your hand. Three, two, one. Raise your hand and declare, I am free. In Jesus' name, I am free. Come on. I am free. Now, before you go that way, if you just said that, If you just gave your life to Christ, if you just made him your king, get up here. Get up here. Because you can't go back out into war without support. You can't go back out into that world without people surrounding you who are going to support you, who are going to encourage you, who are going to cry with you, who are going to laugh with you, who are going to be there with you every step of the way. Come on. this is your call to take our two hours of celebrating God and celebrating one another on a Sunday morning and go out into the world and let people know hey you're not in prison anymore hey you're not sick anymore you're not broke anymore you're not bound anymore you are free why am I free? because there's hope in Jesus let me tell you about him can you do that this week? Can you give some hope to people? Can you go out and be a hope dealer this week? Amen, I know you will. Listen, live right, love everybody, pray hard. We will see you guys on Wednesday this week. We love you. Have a great afternoon.